It's a week three of Schmucktember! This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, and I am your host again, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm not alone. You're getting three for the price of one today. I'm joined along with John E. Capcom. Hello, sir. A lot of energy there. And everyone's favorite, Keith the Robo Duke. Pew, 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 Schmucktember. Pew, pew, pew. A, a little more energy there. We're I'm three. offering contrast. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting burnt out? I know this is the third week. Are you getting burnt out on the schmups? No, no, no. Of course. No. I've, always, I've always got an extra bit of change in my pocket for a schmuck. <laughs> Stinky the Game Master has declared that September will always be Schmupptember. This is the second annual Schmupptember. If you're just tuning in for the first time, Arcade Weekly is a once-a-week podcast where we discuss one arcade title that uh, you might want to check out. Sometimes they're obscure, sometimes they're terrible, and sometimes they're really great. Today is a, a little mix of things, but it is a good shmup, I guess... This goes to show how ubiquitous such a term as shmup is because shmup and shooter are very vague or, or general, and it kind of is an umbrella that encompasses many different types of games. This is a run-and-gun game from 1990, Cyberlip, by SNK. It's a horizontal scrolling shooter. It's a little platforming in here, too, though. It's kind of like a shooter, platformer, all that stuff. Run-and-gun. Running gun is probably the best way to describe it. Making mechanics-wise, this is what I laid out. You guys can jump in at any time. 1979 by 20th Century Fox Alien, followed up by 1982 by Warner Brothers Blade Runner, and then we also have uh, in 1984 the Terminator. Well, when did Reagan get elected? That should be on the news. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of the um, art direction of this game. These three movies would definitely be the inspiration for the setting. Would you guys agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh, a little yeah. bit of Alien, a little bit of Blade Runner, a little bit of the Terminator. Video game-wise, we're talking 1987, Bionic Commandos, a.k.a. Top Secret by Capcom. Uh, another Capcom game that this game reminded me of was Mega Man 1987. And then, of course, if we're talking running gun, we're going to talk about Contra 1987 by Konami. Yeah, that's the one that I was like, this is just a copy of that game. This is just SNK going, we need a Contra. Let's yeah, make a Contra, Contra game. Contra had like that alien stuff in there, too. Like, at first you're like, oh, I'm in the jungle shooting, you know, the Viet Cong. Nope, there's fucking aliens in here. <laughs> Yep, and robots, which this game also has as well. Yes, robots. A lot of robots. That's totally the Terminator. 
Like when you shoot. Oh yeah, the there there uh, was a the living tissue over a metal endoskeleton. Yeah, very much of that description. The style of the characters reminded me a lot of 1993's Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Uh, yes, the yeah, lead okay. character. Yeah, very much so. Right? They yeah, like they're rocking the sunglasses. It's uh, the characters are Bimmy and Jimmy. Yeah, Bimmy and Jimmy, <laughs> Rick and Brooke, and they are two radical '90s dudes. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. And then, of course, a game that came out after this, but you could see where the foundation was laid for this game was 1996 Metal Slug by SSR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I immediately thought, was this a precursor to Metal Slug? Like, was this them testing the waters of this kind of shooter? And then, rather than make a Cyber Lip 2, which I'm sure <laughs> everybody was begging for, you know, they just made a whole new game and called it Metal Slug instead, which, yeah, well, definitely the evolution. I think Nazca, the company who made Metal Slug, I don't think they were set up by SNK, but I think they were big kind of advocates of that style, obviously. So to me, I would imagine it was probably a Miss Pac-Man thing where like these this Let, new company. Yeah, let's improve upon something else. Yeah, came to, came in and went, how about if you can shoot in all directions, huh? You know? <laughs> well, that's the thing about Metal Slug. One of my biggest complaints with this game was that you couldn't shoot diagonally. Yeah. But your enemies can, which is nonsense. Yeah. But looking into SNK's history, uh, it seemed like this was a weird idiosyncrasy with a lot of SNK games. You know, in Magician Lord, only one of the characters could shoot diagonally, and in the original Metal Slug, only the heavy machine gun could shoot diagonally. So I don't know what the hang-up was with this. It definitely wasn't a programming issue, but it is something that was like a trope for a lot of SNK titles that I wasn't aware of, but when doing research into this game, I found out about. As you touched on, SNK was only the publisher of this title. It was actually developed by Ichichi Kawasaki. A lot of the developers from this team went on to develop Metal Slug. That makes a lot of sense. What makes this game stand out for me... Uh, aside from the fact that you can't shoot diagonally, is the branching paths in the game, which are denoted by an elevator. It gives you a 50-50 shot of going the right direction. It's up or down. Keith actually had a different experience than I did. Yeah, I went down the whole time. I figured, well, the bad guys always have underground bases. Why am I going to go back up to where I just was? I'll keep going down because I figured if you go down, you go up, you're just going to go back to the level you were just at. See, and I read it the exact opposite way, which was I'm obviously in a tower, like Die Hard, so I have (laughs) to keep going up to the next level. So I kept hitting up. And we had very different endings, but I don't want to get into that just yet and jump ahead. But that is kind of what makes this game stand out. And the other thing that makes this game stand out, again, 1990, large array of weapons to choose from. I could only remember four of them being bazooka, grenade, auto, and wide. Was there more than that? No. Flame. Oh, oh, yeah, the flamethrower. So, again, for 1990, I actually think that's a lot. Yeah. I like the wide shot, how it doesn't just shoot a spread shot. Your guy is literally moving his gun back Around. and forth yes. to make well, it a wide shot, which in the end, I'm like, couldn't you just do that with your regular gun? Yeah. <laughs> what is restricting him from waving his arms side your, to side? Your elbows aren't unlocked until you get that. <laughs> it reminded me, though, uh, of Dutch in uh, Alien vs. Predator. Really? And, uh, okay. I remember... He- you were complaining, Kyle, that he's, if he's, he starts off shooting at the ground and works his way up. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> that was nonsense. But this, like, there's no he's beneath you for the most part. 
and your man will start just shooting at the ground and then move into the middle and move up like right I'm just saying like you know everybody should be judged equally <laughs> <laughs> well in this game you control Rick or Brooke to save Earth from a malfunctioning military supercomputer called Cyberlip <laughs> and you're getting orders from and maybe you guys have a different interpretation of this dude but it was like Ronald Reagan and Judge yep. Reinhold were oh. genetically spliced together, and this well, that's why guy I, directing I, you in the cutscene. That's why I said Reagan should have been on the makeup mechanics, like because I, I was kind of like, wow, you know, his face uh, and jowls very Reagan-like, but the hair color and style for some reason read Judge Reinhold to me. I saw him as very Judge Reinholdy, yeah, in his, in his look, very uh, Beverly Hills cop. Judge yeah, Reinhold. between each level, um, there's a cutscene where he comes on the screen. He tells you what level you're going into, what to be aware of. This is the alien, you know, research facility. This is the, the supercomputer. The supercomputer's just ahead. And at one point during the game, that character says, "The supercomputer is now controlling us. Go to the next level." And jokingly. I said to my wife, well, clearly I'm not going to go to the next level because the supercomputer is controlling you. <laughs> Just as I said, that meme crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is some, like, fourth wall bullshit right now. This is years before Eternal Darkness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I, I got that same message at one point, even though I kept going down. It was like saying, yeah, the computer is so powerful. Now it could control even us. And yeah. I expected there to be some kind of like big twist or something. And there isn't. <laughs> no, but there is. That's the thing is you and I had totally two different endings. Did we really have that, totally? Th I think so, because, OK, let's just get into it right now. So I kept going up. You kept going down. The second to last level, I went down for some reason just to see if there was a difference. Like I would go back to the same stage. Mm -hmm. I encountered Cyberlip, which hilariously is like lips. It's robot lips on a <laughs> yeah. square. And it talks to you. It tells you before the fight that it's not insane. It's just been reprogrammed evilly. Yeah, see, I got that too. Okay, so no disassemble. Yeah, I got the I am not insane spelled I-N-S-A-I-N. <laughs> yes. So you go, very easy boss battle for me. You as well? Uh, no, I don't know. If, I don't remember. Like, I remember beating it and being like, all right, like I fight Cyberlip in space. Yeah. All of a sudden you have a jetpack. Right. And he's got shields and all that stuff and... I, oh, so there is only a bad ending. I think so. I think Pete, there is. Did you know you could switch weapons in this game? <laughs> okay, I knew there was a <laughs> button because I watched the intro and it was like, use this button to switch your weapons. Yes. And I kept trying to do it, but I don't know if I mapped my buttons right. So I was just like, uh, you fuck can it. definitely I'll just cycle through your weapons. The thing I don't like about this game is when you collect those weapons, it automatically switches to that gun. So like yeah, yeah. many running gun games item will appear, and um, it'll have a letter on it to denote which weapon it is. So B for bazooka, W for wide, A for automatic, etc. When you pick it up, he automatically changes to that gun. And a lot of times, especially in the later levels, you have a lot of enemies coming your way, and you're constantly hammering on the fire button. And then you get switched to the bazooka, and you fire off two rockets by mistake. Don't really dig that. I understand why they did it, I just don't think it was a great choice. You know, like when you play um, uh, Gunstar Heroes and you get the flame shot by accident and you're just like, I might as well just kill myself. Right. All the weapons in it are fairly handy. 
The bazooka is really powerful, but it's got that weird little pause. Yes. There's no shots that'll give you a really bad kind of, for lack of a better word, handicap. Like, if there's enemies coming at you from above, you might as well just kick the bazooka out. Like, it's a. If they're coming at you from an angle, you need you need them to be straight ahead of you, or right. it's, it's fucking useless. Like. Yeah, I thought that the pacing was pretty good. There, there wasn't a sharp incline in difficulty. The latest levels were definitely more challenging, but I always thought the boss battles were pretty fair. And what I found out about the boss battles, and again, this was a Mega Man note for me, was that certain bosses took more damage depending on the weapon that you used. And just by chance, I switched to the grenade, and I decimated Cyberlip. Keith or John, did you have a similar experience when you got up to Cyberlip? I actually didn't get to Cyberlip. Go okay. um, on the elevators, and I was going up and down in because you guys one of you went up and the other went down. I was yeah. like, I'll go up this time, I'll go down the next time, and I kept on getting trapped in this loop. Where oh, I all right. So maybe it is like an actual map. Yeah, yeah, where I played like this one level over and over again, and I was like. I had to go buy food, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's all an illusion, uh, as I have uh, done a little research. And On air research, everybody. <laughs> this just we, coming in. <laughs> this just in from the internet. There's only the bad ending. Oh, is the Shyamalan a ding dong bullshit on the end of this game? Exactly. It's uh, the very much like, nope, you were just a pawn the whole time. The aliens tricked you. Ha ha ha. And they're allergic to water. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get the cyber lip and did beat him uh, mashing on the button with the regular gun because I thought the switch only happened after you picked something up. And, you know, because I kept dying a lot, I figured I'd lost the weapons, but. Apparently, you can still have them and switch back to them after you die. Here's what I'll say about the controls. They're solid. I know a lot of people will be emulating this. So when you're emulating, make sure that you map the directions to a D-pad. I mean, if you have like an X-Arcade stick, it'll probably work well because the X-Arcade stick's fantastic. But it's got too many directions in there. I was Shilly <laughs> McShillerson there. And make sure you check out the Lumberjacks cabinet. <laughs> it also is fantastic. Oh, man, that artwork. Woo. I mean, whoever created that artwork must have an extremely long penis, be very <laughs> handsome, and also very intelligent. <laughs> it would take all of those traits to conjure up such an image. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you are, like, because some people have the XRK stick. I didn't play the game with that. I do have that. I don't think that's your best option. I think you're probably better off using a control pad with a D-pad. And I think um, you'll have a better time. Because when I tried playing this game the, the first round with the Xbox 360 controller, I used the analog stick for directions. And I found that he was getting hung up. Like, I wanted him to shoot up, but I was doing up left instead. And so he wasn't doing anything on the screen. Yeah, Once I mapped yeah. everything to the D-pad, it was like butter. It was awesome. It was like playing an old-school 16-bit game on your Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis, only with more colors. For 1990, I gotta say, even though with it has that just swerve ending, the fact that you are picking directions and there is a map in the game is pretty impressive. I think the amount of weapons that you get are pretty impressive. And um, I like the boss battles. I, it was essentially the same thing over and over again. But again, with that Mega Man note for me, even if you were using just the regular shot, you could figure it out. You could beat that boss with your regular shot, much like Mega Man. It's easier if you could figure out what weapon works better to defeat that boss. Like, I found that the bazooka works good with 
the climby crab cyclops thing, shooting him in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would, like, pop out and float around. And- right. But again, that I thought, and maybe it was my dip, my dip switch settings were uneasier. I don't know. But I didn't find it extremely challenging. It was just challenging enough. It didn't punish you. It just felt challenging. And I was interested to see what was next because a lot of times with running gun, you see the same enemies over and over and over again. And it's the same thing here. They would incrementally, you know, introduce another baddie, but it wasn't like there was a large array of them. It's just the pacing was good and the length of the game I thought was appropriate as well. I guess unless you get caught in an elevator loop. Yeah, that's well, pretty bosses, messed up. I gotta say, the bosses themselves, mm. I think they look great. Yes. The first boss you encounter, it's one of those vanity bosses, I guess. You'd say that they yeah. used to sell the system back then, like the AES. Mm-hmm. Like when you go back and look at all the ads, it's usually like, look at this fucking crazy H.P. Lovecraft boss, you know? <laughs> Very specifically of the back of the Genesis box, because it always had that screen from Altered Beast of the first level's <laughs> final boss, yeah. which yeah. this boss is very similar to. He's a giant mound with a big fucking head with sharp teeth. Yeah, you know? my wife goes, shoot him in the face penis. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was more face penises coming up later on. Uh, and in fact, there's a bit in it that kind of killed me. Like the the story to this game, uh, as far as I can tell, if you were to boil it down to a hashtag, it'd be something to do with the federal government. The right. early on in the pre-game credits, whatever, the voiceover, the guy just—I don't know what he was going on about, but he said the words "federal government" about seven hundred times. <laughs> he totally so, did. I was there going, right, something to do with it. Now, I don't really understand the branches of American government, like, you know. Uh, so I was in the dark on this one. I just knew that Ronald Reagan was in charge. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> it, there was some kind of weird civics going on, though, because later on in the game, Ronnie goes, this next level is the alien quarters. And I was there going, so what, did they fucking apply for them? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Here's the quarters we grant you due to your fucking application for planning authority. (laughs) And uh, those aliens, I hope they didn't build their houses within viewing distance of some kind of church or school because they not only were they giant penis monsters, they lived in giant dicks as well. I think it's the boss in that area. They recycled assets from Little Mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) That boss is just like a ripoff of the final boss of Contra. And it's a big dick as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's a big dick. I, you know, I, do, I do actually have in my notes here, it's like a combination of both of the final bosses in the last stage of Contra with spawning shrimps slash face huggers and the long dick with sharp teeth. <laughs> Did you notice, though? It's accurate, that, actually. That's very um, accurate. There's a name connected to our show, right, that would fit this game because there's uh, alien monsters walking around and they are giving birth out of their big alien dicks. And I was there going, oh, Cone Cockborth, there he goes. Oh, you know? yeah, that guy. That should be his Twitter avatar. <laughs> <laughs> the only boss battle that I did not like was the Centipede slash Space Invader boss. Yeah, that was fucking God. Way too challenging, and it, it felt way out of place. If it was slowed down a little bit and there weren't so many hazards to deal with, I think it would have been a little more enjoyable. But that one boss, for whatever reason, and I tried every weapon, there was no easy answer. It was just... Just so I can describe it to the listeners, there's a pipe at the top and a pipe at the bottom, and then these robots that are linked together like a centipede scroll back and forth from one pipe to the other, much like Space Invaders and Centipede, 
And then they're also raining down lasers at you. And there's really no sweet spot that you can hide because you constantly get hit. I don't even know if you can duck beneath them when they uh, cut across the bottom of the screen into that last pipe. I thought you could hide behind that pipe, and when they went through it, I was getting hit. So. Yeah, I found that the AI, the robot bosses, were all kind of boring and just kind of generic. But the alien bosses were all really cool. Like you mentioned, the one climbing up the walls with the eyeball that pops out. And yeah. Giant face dicks and teeth dicks, like all that stuff's really cool. <laughs> if you cool. like face dicks, you're gonna love this game. Yeah, or, or robotic the, lips. <laughs> which the robot boss, uh, if you remember back to a, a long ago episode, I remember we discussed one game. I can't remember which one it was, but there's a pro player tip to beating those bosses, and that is insert more money. <laughs> and if you're willing to pay more, you'll beat them. It's this like. Is uh, true. Like WWF WrestleFest, where you're like getting the shit knocked out of you, but you can rebuild your health bar if you just throw more cash in. Or Gauntlet, where your life is just slowly depleting, and it's just like, just put in more quarters. Yeah. Do it. Your warrior needs food and your money. <laughs> it's a hard game, but you're doing it. <laughs> Fed um, money, feel accomplished. Yep. <laughs> By oh. happiness. By happiness. Yeah. By happiness. And if arcade games had achievements, you'd just be buying them. Musically, real quick, felt like Snatcher to me. I don't like Snatcher's music. I might be alone on this one because it's kind of like repetitive and feels out of place. Like Snatcher is a uh, point-and-click adventure that's heavily inspired by Blade Runner. But not Blade Runner's soundtrack. It's got like weird J-pop techno type of music. But a bit of cool jazz in there for good measure. Yeah, and the the voiceovers in this game, coupled with that music, really hit that snatcher note for me. And there was a few sound effects that were unnaturally loud. Yes, uh, and uh, a lot was- of the shots. Yeah, I was playing this with headphones, and I kind of every now and then I do something, and I'm like, ah, jeez, my fucking fillings in my teeth are rattling, like you know. <laughs> The thing that stuck out for me in this game was the graphics. I like it. I really like a nice chunky sprite. Yeah. You know, the thing about the SNK games and the Neo Geo games, there was always that extra mile they went with the animation and the gradients, their choice of colors and stuff. And like some games could be really lazy, you know, art of fighting or whatever. Right. But um, there's a million fanboys screaming there now. But uh, <laughs> no, but like, this game are already like, sending death threats about me saying Snatcher's music isn't very good. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck it, bring it on. But um, the the second level, you know, where you go into the, there's like a big kind of spherical hill behind you, mm-hmm. and I just love any time stuff like that's in a video game, be it that game or Vanquish or even Halo. Like I like seeing the the Sid Field um, kind of ring world look. You know, right? Everything kind of had a waste to it. I liked it a lot too. In fact. In 1990, I'm very impressed with these mechanics. This was like one of the first MVS games out there. So the SNK definitely wanted to put the, the best foot forward. I like the squatty characters. You know, they're not chibi, but they're much smaller than their environments, which lead to the bigger overall environment, and they do a lot with it. There's different platforms you can jump to. A lot of the boss battles, the boss takes up the entire screen, so you need to jump between these platforms and mitigate his fire and and. I think that the overall design, the art direction, and the choices they made with the art was very smart. It's a very good-looking game. You feel the same way, Keith? Yeah, definitely. I really, uh, also with jumping around, I like the fact you can hang from the ceilings right, we in parts of the on. game. That's why yeah. I wrote down uh, Bionic Commando in my making mechanics. You don't have that hook shot thing, 
but there are elements in the game where you're hanging. Yeah, it reminds me of Strider a little bit in the way you hang from the ceilings. And as we keep mentioning that cool boss, you know, uh, in the elevator or whatever, you're hanging from the ceiling the whole time shooting down at him, right. which is really neat. I know Contra in like on Super Nintendo would later go on to have bosses like that, like the ones where you're hanging from the helicopter and all that stuff. But uh, game looks great. Sounds good. It you know it gives that good late '80s, early '90s feel with its sound. As I've, I've mentioned before on that show, you know it puts me back into those smoke-filled arcades mm. of my youth. It's the sounds and the look. I do love the little chibi chunky sprites. I kind of wish I played as the second player guy because he's got a really cool beard. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> And I was like, shit, should have been the bearded dude. Damn it. Great game. I think it's definitely worth checking out. If you are a fan of Contra, I mean, if you can play this in an arcade, awesome. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're going to do it at home, if you got two controllers uh, and a buddy, definitely a, a fun game to play through co-op. You know, it's Yeah, I would definitely return feel. to this game with the second player. Definitely. And with knowing about, well, I knew about the third button, but I couldn't get it to fucking work. <laughs> yeah, try again. <laughs> yeah, so I would, I would go tab. back. Sorry, yeah, hit tab. <laughs> The thing is, when I was looking at this game and as I was playing through it, I did kind of think to myself, I want to say this is probably the first time I've actually sat down and played this game. I was definitely aware of its existence. But I was like, if I was a kid who played this in like 1990, it probably would have been one of my all-time favorites. Oh yeah, I would have loved it. There are games that, you, if you come to them now from back then, that don't necessarily play the way a great game would play. But you would kind of look at them and go, Jesus, this would blow your fucking mind back then. Right. I mean, if you're going into this game with the SNK lens of the later SNK titles, like a Metal Slug, these graphics are going to look dated to you. But as far as I'm concerned, for the era, they hold up real well. It's yeah, a yeah. playable game, and this is a type of aesthetic that today is still being revisited. You know, there's games coming out now that look like this. So I, I think this visual style definitely holds up for today's audience. It reminded me a bit of Ghouls and Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblins as well. And the chunky chibiness of it and just the platforming the reminded me. The jumps reminded me of it too a lot. It's a lot in the jumps as well. Well, where you can't splits when he jumps like (laughs) No, but like you can't alter your path once you jump in the air. Yeah. And did anyone else have any kind of weird forced scrolling on some of the levels? Like you're not Yeah, like you're not in control at the speed at which you move forward. There's a weird slow forced scrolling on some of the levels, which I found a little annoying. But I wrote down a note that some of the level design could use improvement. And I don't know if you played this level now that there is these certain branches, but it was a scrolling level. As it was scrolling, it was then scrolling up, and you had to jump to these platforms that were moving up and down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elevator okay. level, wasn't it? I don't know if it was an elevator, but it was like these moving girders that would go up and down. And yeah, they were like weird floating platforms or something. And they weren't timed well. No. So I, I, the first two were not in sync so that it made sense to jump off. And then I just took a leap of faith and... He uh, hit the platform and then was, like, moved up on top of it. And I was like, oh, that that was weird that that happened. It didn't seem right. It Like, you, when you're playing a game and you're getting used to the connects of that game and you're getting used to the physics of that game, especially at this point of where this happened, you're familiar with the character, you're familiar with the size of the sprite, you're familiar with what you can do. Think Super Mario Brothers. After the first three levels, you pretty much know everything you could possibly do with this character. So for me, when I got up to this part of Cyberlip, I was pretty familiar with the character, and I was looking at those platforms moving. I'm like, I can't make that jump, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and the screen is, keeps pushing, pushing, pushing. 
And I'm like, do I go for it? Do I not? And I went for the jump and I completely missed it. And then I would be teleported back up. So then the next one was coming and the the timing was just off between those platforms. I said, fuck it. He's going to hit into it. Maybe he snatches onto the side. He hit it and then was pushed to the top. Yep. I definitely noticed that myself as well, that there are, are, it's not perfect when you're trying to jump up to higher ledges. It kind of just pushes you up to the edge when it looks like you would just hit the corner and fall off. Right. And even on that same level, I had a moment where I was standing on one of those platforms waiting for the jump. And because they are not timed well, the platform went below the screen, killed me. Oh, no. And then the platform just came right back up again onto the screen. Yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty fucked up. I was still on the platform, but... And there was an enemy on it, too, and he was fine. He didn't get killed. Right. Well, they can also shoot diagonally, so fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I was to improve anything, it would be the fact that you can't shoot diagonally. You know what? I agree, too. Some of the boss battles were a little lackluster, uh, but I definitely like their design. But I would definitely sharpen up some of these mid-levels... Or get rid of them, because I didn't think it was necessary to start doing that type of Mega Man 2 leap of faith bullshit in the game. It would have been fine if it was before oh scrolling. God. Fuck those levels in Mega Man 2. <laughs> oh, God, they're so... I can't remember what stage it is, but you get to this area and the blocks are disappearing and reappearing. Mm-hmm. And there's a ladder in the top left-hand corner. Jesus Christ, I remember me and a friend spent like four hours one Saturday night, like a year or two ago, trying to beat that. Yeah. And I was like, how was a child in the 80s? <laughs> all the asbestos and fucking unhealthy shit floating around in their brains. How were they supposed to beat this back then? I could get to the dragon back then, but, you know, that was about it. That was pretty impressive for back in the day. Oh, yeah. Especially I mean, I had, I had Nintendo Powers help as well. For it did that, help, you know? yeah. yeah. But even with like the strategy guide, with Mega Man 2 and 3, because I think 3 had a longer level with those... Disappearing, reappearing blocks. And 3's also badly designed and not in, like, one of the worst Mega Man games. Oh, man, we're going to get so much shit over you saying that. It's not. Mega Man 2's the best. 3 is not that great. And 4 There's is a, a huge contingency of Mega Man fans that say the exact opposite of what Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's just like Majora's Mask. It's a very polarizing game in the series where either you, you love it yeah. or you hate it. Yeah. Mega Man 3 was my first Mega Man. Mine was 2, 2, 2, to the end. Yeah, I had, uh, it went 3, 2, 1. I didn't play 4, 5, or 6, or 7, but I came back with 8, and then Uh I played 9 and 10. Well, hey, you want to really get some shit? Mega Man X4 is a great game. (laughs) X2 and 3, meh. X4 is amazing for the PlayStation. At RoboDuke for all your Mega Man hate mail. For all your Mega Man hate, or, man. or your Mega Man slash fiction, yeah, yeah. Right. You got a cool like Cutsman, Gutsman slash fic. Maybe I'll give it a read. I'll I'll, I'll give you a rating. Top you know slowly pulled down Mega Man's underpants. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm gonna write one with Snake Man. <laughs> oh, perfect. How did I not go with Snake Man first? Man, I'm an asshole. So Cyberlip, it's good. Go play. Let's see some of that slash fiction. Yeah, I would recommend this game. I think if you're a fan of Contra, if you're a fan of Metal Slug, particularly if you've gone through the whole Metal Slug series and you want to see the foundation for that game, I think this is it. I think you're going to see a lot of Metal Slug in this game. I think you're going to derive a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's a great run-and-gun game, and it's an excellent addition to this year's Schmuptember. 
Yep. Pro player tip. Choose a direction in the elevator and stick with it. Don't get lost in a loop. They, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And thank you, uh, Johnny Capcom, for being the guinea pig and finding <laughs> out what the fuck happens in the elevator. Yeah. I just want to put the note out there. If anyone's got any uh, sheep man yiffin uh, slash fiction, <laughs> that's the one I want. <laughs> yeah. Let that's me remind bad. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me remind everybody, go to wetalkgames.com. It's a good portal to find out where else we are. We're also on Twitter, at wetalkgames. we got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. If you listen to us through iTunes, make sure you leave a review. If you listen to us through Stitcher, please do the same thing. And hey, uh, keep on the lookout. Keith over here posting some awesome videos of games that we discuss or games that are around about the discussion of games that we talked about. Yeah, I got all sorts of stuff over there. Uh, definitely check out for something that was way earlier this year, Pack Month, another awesome month we do here at We Talk Games. I got a cool video for a game that we've talked about a, a lot on here, and I know you guys in the past have talked about Batman on the PC Engine. Yes. That's one I definitely <laughs> recommend you check out. That was a good video. Page. Actually, all your sportuary videos were very good, too. Actually, my favorite is is my Roller Games video. is actually my favorite <laughs> out of all of them, so go, go watch it. Uh, YouTube.com slash KeithTheRobot. Bo Duke. There you go. And while you're watching that, make sure you watch some Warren videos. <laughs> <laughs> Our guests again this week. <laughs> you demanded it. They're still in the building. Warrant. <laughs> they can't afford to bus home. <laughs> <laughs> they need some cab fare. Warrant. <laughs> All right, let's give our hint for next week's and final week Schmup Timber title. My clue is Dick Tracy ain't got shit on me. Ah, dude. All right. What? No, it's okay. <laughs> it dips into my clue a little bit. I don't think anybody's going to get this. Well, if you're looking up Dick Tracy, the arcade game, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a tenuous connection. <clears throat> but I'm going to go with Taekwondo. Don't. <laughs> oh, it just hit me. <laughs> and my clue for next week is Taito not only should have done the Dick Tracy video game, they probably should have done the movie as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, send your Dick Tracy hate mail <laughs> at Obi- No, 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 no. <laughs> at We Talk Games. <laughs> at We Talk Games. Yeah, send it there. Send it there. <laughs> Aaron Beatty will be fucking furious. <laughs> I didn't have uh, to brush these crabs out of my crotch. I'd be right in your face right now. <laughs> if, if Madonna wasn't so busy with doing fucking stand up, she'd get pissed off. She's doing stand up now? I heard she did a stand up show and it was horrendous. Oh n- n- surprising nobody. Well, who could, yeah, I mean, thing. how are you supposed to do observational comedy if you're fucking famous? No sense. For Johnny Capcom and Keith the Robo Duke, I am Kyle Von Kubik. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week, right here. We talk games, Arcade Weekly, final week of Schmuptember!
Simp on the dog, yeah. That's your special. Yeah. Have a word with him, yeah? He's given up. Take all the garnish back, do whatever you wish with it. Your special has now become not very special. Thanks to Dick Face there. Hurry up, Giovanni. Yeah, but I'm not Dick Face, chef. Yeah, say that again. I said I'm not Dick Face, yeah, chef. Yeah, you're pissed, are you? I'm not fucking. Look at me, look at me eyes. Not as pissed as I am. You fucking are. Donkey. No. Boy, oh boy. Because right now I don't give a fuck. Big face. I'm an emotional person, but he can get my face all he wants. He will not break me. You're sending shit and you're trying to get away with it. Now I'm ready for an argument. Sending me that. You should be ashamed. Dude, he just wants you to pop off. And you want to get all sensitive. No, hey, chef. You want to get all fucking edgy. No, chef. Hey, no, look chef. at me, look at me. You serve me shit like that, take your jacket and fuck off. Yes, chef. I'm not sending that shit, chef. Oh, chef, sorry, chef. I wasn't angry at him, I was angry at myself. It was just, I was boiling inside and and he said something to me. That's a well done one. And look at me, I don't give two fucks if you get upset with me. I don't I'm give sorry, a fuck chef. what I call you. This is not personal, this is professional. I'm sorry, that chef. That first one was a piece of shit, now pull it back. Yes, chef. Big face. <laughs> Big face. <laughs>